All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the crime and mayhem we're seeing on the streets of Vancouver. I think that machete attack that we saw on Granville Street on Saturday night was a political wake-up call for a lot of people here at all levels of government. Oh, for sure. And my first guest this morning, Kevin Falcon, the liberal leader, just ripping David Eby over crime, as you would expect. He also said some interesting stuff about Riverview Hospital and whether it should be reopened. Yeah, my takeaway is that he's sort of advocating um, uh, creating another institution for mental health, which is interesting. Uh, He talked about how policies had changed right back to the social credit era when when this was first um, when Riverdale closing Riverdale was first uh, where the roots of that actually lay. And I think the public may be uh, on, on board with that. That attack, uh, that machete attack was horrific. Yeah. But we're getting reports from first responders all the time about the increasing number of people with serious mental health issues that yeah. they're being having to deal with in a very unsafe fashion. Yeah. And also that, that incident on Saturday is also finally kicked off the mayoralty race in Vancouver. It's drawn, it's suddenly you've got the combatants there, Kennedy Stewart and Ken Sim going at it yesterday. Yeah, let's listen to a couple of clips on that because, uh, yeah, Kennedy Stewart really is speaking, he's speaking out on the, after the machete attack and pointing the finger at the province saying is the provincial government should do something about it. So let's, let's have a listen to Kennedy Stewart here speaking yesterday to Global. The problem is, is when, um, uh, folks are, are apprehended and then they're, uh, sent into the criminal justice system. Often charges are not pressed by Crown Council, and these folks are let back into the, the community. Often they land in encampments or, or single-room occupancy hotels, uh, or sometimes they do recommend charges. Uh, judges uh, then either uh, release them back into the community while they're waiting for uh, trial. Your thoughts? Well, uh, he's echoing sentiments from other mayors, the big city mayors. So remember, this came up in the legislature. It's not just Vancouver, Kamloops, Prince George. You name it, they all have the same problem. Victoria. Victoria. The problem Kennedy Stewart has right now, though, is one of timing. It's one thing to make this point, um, you know, before, you know, when an election's not on the horizon. When an election's on the horizon, when you start saying, well, it's nothing to do with us. It's it's someone else's problem. They're responsible for it. It's the provincial government. It's the federal government. That allowed Ken Sim yesterday, his chief rival, I think, to wade in and say, wait a minute, you've got to start taking responsibility for your own city and do what you can to fix it yourself rather than, than throw, in Ken Sim's words, throwing the other governments under the bus. Okay, I'm going to play a Ken Sim clip here in a moment. Get your thoughts on it. You know, the one thing that jumps out at me about Kennedy Stewart right now, though, is the change of tone or the change of emphasis because it wasn't that long ago, anytime he was asked about crime or mayhem it's in the city, city, he was saying, this is a safe city. I walk down the streets of Vancouver all the time with no problem. Crime is actually going down. And now you hear him say, like, oh, wait a minute. These repeat offenders, something has to be done about mm-hmm. that. So with this election approaching, I think clearly he realizes he's vulnerable on it. Oh, I think this is probably his most vulnerable issue. Okay. And Ken Sim has woken up to the fact that that's the case, which is I saw this, the strongest uh, statement yet from a mayoralty candidate attacking another mayoralty candidate was yesterday with, when Ken Sim put that statement up. Okay, and then, so then talked to us on, on at Global. Right. So let's listen to what Ken Sim had to say, candidate for mayor here, probably probably the chief rival here for Kennedy Stewart here for mayor in the fall. Here's Ken Sim speaking to Global News yesterday. 
I think it's pretty dis- uh, disappointing and disingenuous of the mayor uh, to come out swinging after three years and ten months being mayor, uh, to come out swinging on crime and safety in our city. Um, instead of taking responsibility for these issues, he decided to throw the province and the federal government under the bus. And a lot of these issues, um, you know, as mayor, he should be dealing with. Yeah, well, again, the gloves are off in this mayoralty race. Uh, it's been sort of a a pillow fight and a sleepathon up until now. Um, it might continue like that for a couple of weeks. But these these violent incidents, and this is not isolated. They're, yeah. the, the machete one was horrific, and we haven't seen that type of street violence before. But, oh, yeah, we have, actually. We've well, seen we've seen a lot of crazy violence. Oh, we've seen a lot of crazy violence, but we haven't seen a machete attack of four people. Well, okay. But we had that guy um, knock over that woman and and her child, yeah. and then assaulting a woman on a bus, all on video. Yeah. Uh, again, with mental health challenges. So yeah. it's uh, it's interesting. Go back to Kevin Falcon's talk. It's going to be interesting whether that evolves into a defined BC Liberal policy, and we'll see what the NDP's what, reopening Riverview. Well, I think what have uh, he's right. I mean, the existing. It, You'd have to build a new facility. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, um, uh, but that's an interesting, significant public policy shift, if that's exactly what they're saying. Okay, get set to call me on that. Let's talk about Donald Trump here now. Oh, and how can we the, not? The FBI raid on his compound in Florida yesterday. So this started like at 10 a.m. Florida time. Trump was not there. He was at Trump Tower in mm-hmm. New York City. And Many like- observers are saying the most amazing thing about that, amongst the many amazing things about it, is that it, it didn't leak out. In fact, it was Donald Trump who announced, who broke the story Yes, uh, on Twitter. He was the one who, who announced that this had happened. Normally, the major news organizations like the Washington Post or uh, CNN or New York Times would have this story ahead of time, and that didn't happen, there was, which, again, shows how careful the Department of Justice was in dotting their I's and crossing their T's and getting a federal judge to sign off on a search warrant. Right, and, of course, Trump describing it as kind of a siege of his home and that they broke into his safe, safe. As, as he put into There's uh, multiple media outlets reporting today that this has something to do with the earlier investigations that we saw around did Trump take classified mm-hmm. documents with him out of the White House, bring them back to Mar-a-Lago. We've heard about the famous 15 boxes of documents, some of which would appear were returned to the National Archives, but maybe there was there were documents missing. But there's got to be more to it than that, though. I mean, this can't well, be there's a document a, a, preservation. A, another analysis that this is akin to the uh, El Capone getting caught on tax evasion which really wasn't anybody had any idea that that's what Al Capone was. That so was, it's a potential financial crime investigation? Well, like we don't know. No one knows exactly what this is about, really. No. Well, I mean, you need a search warrant. You need probable cause that a crime was right. committed on the grounds. Yeah. So um, classified documents are there. That's a potential. If there's probable cause, that may be it. But it may be also a lot of analysis today. It's tracing back to the January 6th situation, the, the overturning the election that it all fits together, but we'll see. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, confusion and guessing going on, but that was quite dramatic yesterday. Okay, here's the interesting thing, I think, is does this hurt or help Trump? Because one of the reasons that he got out ahead of this and put out that news release yesterday was he wanted to frame this as political persecution, mm-hmm. that this is the deep state going after me again. This is all political from the White House. From this, well, you know, you're already seeing prominent Republicans siding with him on this, sure. saying, saying this is a vowing to uh, dismantle the Department of Justice and defund the FBI. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's listen to Eric Trump here, okay? So this is Eric Trump, Donald Trump's son, speaking to Fox News. Have a listen to this. He had boxes, 
right, when he moved out of the White House. And he's very collaborative. If you want to search for anything, if you think anything, like, you know, come right ahead. I mean, it was, it was an open door policy. And all of a sudden, 30 agents descend upon Mar-a-Lago. Sean, this didn't come from the little local FBI field office in, uh, in Palm Beach, Florida. You know who this came from. This came from one place and one building, and, and that is the White House. Okay, well, the White House is denying that Joe Biden knew about this, but I'm sure his attorney general must have known about it. I think the attorney general probably knew. Garland probably knew. But the Department of Justice kept this very close to their vest. Um, The fact that it did not leak out in any news organization for hours until Donald Trump put this out speaks to how careful I think uh, they were in their in their approach Here's, to this. I just wonder how long this is going to drag on, though, now, because we're 90 days out from midterm elections here. Uh, Trump is signaling he wants to run for president again. If they don't charge him, indict him, convict him of something, like if this turns out to be a, a nothing burger, I think this actually maybe helps Trump. If he paints himself as a martyr, like, look what they're doing to me again. Oh, and, my, and Republicans rally around. It plays to a certain part of that base, but yeah. uh, there's increasing evidence there's a number of Republicans also de- deserted Trump. Although, a number of his backed candidates are winning primaries right now. Not yeah. everywhere, but every you know, in, in some places, there's one in Washington State, even though that's a Democratic state. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, don't count Donald Trump out yet. <laughs> like, I just find it is extraordinary that... Yeah, Trump is now framing this as uh, I'm a martyr, I'm a victim here. And a guy like uh, like Ron DeSantis, who the governor of Florida, who a lot of people had said was maybe the front runner for the mm-hmm. Republican nomination. And he came out and condemned this yesterday. This is government overreach. This is persecution of Trump. But I wonder if in the back of his mind, he was thinking like, oh, this actually paints Trump in the eyes of a lot of Republicans mm-hmm. in their base, paints him as kind of a victim. Again, well, I mean, you know, it's all persecuted. it's all party politics. Oh, they're they're fighting over a group of voters that uh, don't necessarily elect the next president, but will elect the next uh, nominee of the Republican I'd love Party. To know, I'd love to know what this is about because well, I, I can't would. I can't think this is this is just like a document preservation file. No, there's got to be something more to it. I think those documents are likely linked to something else. Right, right. Yeah. There's something else are going there, on. Have, we is, don't is know. There, are there documents there that are linked to his attempt to overthrow the election? Um, I mean, that stuff that came out of that January 6th committee hearing is pretty damning stuff. And do they have, does the FBI have an inside source? Maybe, you know, someone at Mar-a-Lago who said, look, go look in his safe. Mm-hmm. You'll find something there. Like, do they have a source? That's been speculated, because, too. Yeah, because, you know, this thing, the, the, the FBI can't do this in a vacuum. They have, Like you said, they have to go in front of a federal judge, federal judge. and they have to say, we believe a crime has been committed and, and we believe there is evidence on the, at this site and for a judge to sign off on it. So it can't just be a fishing expedition. No, there has to they be needed a federal evidence. judge to agree there's probable cause that a crime right. was committed on the grounds of that property. Right. And then they zero in on the documents. Okay, Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open. Star 9898 on your cell. Colin in Deep Cove. Hi, Colin. Go ahead. Hi, good morning. Uh, so I've been obviously like the rest of us watching about the Mar-a-Lago raid. And for all the trouble they went to, there's got to be more to it than just getting a bunch of documents returned to the White House. It's got to be, uh, it seems to me, more like nails in the coffin uh, and basically an indictment of Donald Trump. And, I mean, that would really, to me, for all the, for all the like you say, the, 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 the dot, dotted T's and the, and the, <laughs> the, the dotted T's and the cross I's, it's got to be uh, aiming at, as, as a target to indict Trump. 
Well, sure. I mean, you'd think that, that that's the ultimate purpose of this, but what is it about? I mean, you got to figure it's got to be more serious than just some missing doc. You so know, there's been documents. an ongoing investigation about the attempt to overturn the election. There's been an ongoing investigation by uh, on financial matters yeah. involving Trump. Right. Uh, so it could very easily be linked to one or both of those types of things. I don't think it's just the fact that you know, the National Pr- Document Preservation Act, or whatever it's called, has been violated. It's, it's, there's more to it than that. Because I don't think the, the director of, this, of the FBI, who was appointed by Trump, by the way, he's a Republican, mm-hmm. uh, would he sign off on a raid like this? Like the attorney general, a massive raid on the compound, the home of a former president? Just to get some documents? They, they didn't even do that. They didn't do that to Nixon, nope. did they? I mean, nope. they didn't. I don't think they've ever done that to a former president. The FBI hasn't. Something sticks in my mind that... Maybe something Grover Cleveland in the 1800s got something, <laughs> but, but that's nothing to compare to this. Wayne in Vancouver. Hi, Wayne. Hi. Uh, this is only about an attempt to keep Trump out of uh, 2024. Um, second thing is um, the raid wasn't authorized by a federal judge, as you guys are claiming. It was authorized by a magistrate, which is beneath the federal judge level. So this is nothing more than a witch hunt to keep Trump out. I think it's going to backfire because the Department of Justice has been politicized as well, as well as the top echelons of the FBI. We can go back to the Russian hoax. Turned out to be false. Uh, Hillary Clinton was never investigated. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. It does, doesn't it? It just goes on and on and on. (laughs) Well, you know, I I think that if this turns out to be This wasn't a magistrate. It was a federal judge. If they don't listen, if they don't get an indictment or a conviction against Trump, I think this actually does backfire and turns Trump into like a martyr. Oh, he's in the got, eyes of some Republicans. I mean, Trump was elected by you know, there's there's millions of people who backed Donald Trump. Sure, no question, including sure. this I, caller. That's why I think it helps him if there's nothing there. If there's but nothing why there, why would they do this if there was nothing there? I wouldn't bet on there being nothing there. Yeah. Alan Langley, hi. Hello, I want to call about the people on the street that. Sure. There was a guy on Jody's show last week, which she was sitting in for. Uh, anyway, I didn't realize that that's a thousand acres there on on uh, River Riverview or whatever you call it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. huge. It's a big site. It is. It is a huge facility. I mean, it's, they got a lot of very old buildings. They, they, it's used as a movie set for a lot of movies. Exactly. I, it was, it's not in a condition to house people. It would have to be a new facility. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the reasons they closed it down was there were lots of evidence and stories about people being abused, abused. Uh, people being neglected, the human rights being violated yep. at big institutions like that. You know, and a lot of these big institutions were shut down. But I think what Falcon said to me earlier was there's no reason you can't build a modern facility that, you know, treats well, people with compassion. What happened or what didn't happen was the lack of supports. The, yeah, right. The, the, they put people on the street, put with, people no on the street with no support. Right. You can't put people with severe mental health issues in um, SROs with no support. Natalie in Port Coquitlam. Natalie, you have 30 seconds here, okay? Hi. I just want to mention that um, it's so it's. It's okay to focus on the downtown east side where people feel safe and there's obvious problems. But what about this alarming increase in youth gang violence? And with that kid that was killed on the on the highway, nobody, the rest of us know to not to go downtown. But where is we don't know where this gang violence is being uh, is going to erupt. So when you talk about psychiatric care, yes, we need to start funding psychiatric care. And when that paramedic mentioned start from the top, I think she right. means. Uh, it, it means reforming and 
properly funding psych- psychiatric. Thank you, thank you, Natalie, for the call. Twenty seconds. Ongoing um, debate and call for that. I mean, that's and it just hasn't materialized in successive governments. Again, no one seems to have the, the magic answer, which is why you've got Kevin Falcon kicking out the idea today. Thank you, Keith. All right, Dr. all right. That's Keith Baldry, Baldry's beat. Thanks for all your calls.